Ladies and gentlemen. Pacific Sound Radio. Hello and welcome to Pacific Sound Radio, your go-to source for everything happening in the Vancouver music scene. I'm James Olson, and on this week's episode of Quarantine Edition, we're joined by Taylor Swindells and Brennan Perry of Tourist Company. Tourist Company are an indie pop rock duo with a sweeping cinematic sound and arena-sized ambitions. After lyrically and musically exploring the wonders of outer space on their last two releases, the group has returned to Earth with what could be their most volatile and explosive record to date, the fittingly titled St. Helens. Hey, Brennan. Hey! The industry's going to have to get creative for a little while. Yeah, well, like, even with us, like, we're putting out an album in two weeks, and so, yeah. <laughs> like, just trying to do that, I mean, what's interesting is so much of releasing music these days is strictly, like, an online thing, but without being able to back it up with, like, live appearances, like, how do you make up for that? Like, and especially with our sound, we're not really, like, acoustic guitar in front of, like, Instagram live kind of band, yeah. and so how do we tackle yeah. doing, like, live stuff? So, that's something we've been having a lot of discussions with. Uh, our management or label about so yeah. well no solutions merch merch <laughs> game yeah I'm, yeah yeah and people have been buying which, which is sweet you know like Bandcamp like today doing the like waving all their mm-hmm. all their cut and everything like that's awesome like some some platforms have really gone above and beyond to help make things better but yeah mm-hmm. i bought like four records today uh nice. la- yeah last awesome. last month when they did it i got three local records i think this time i got like Kind of half and half. I got two local records, one Canadian album, and then one album by just a band that I really love. So, sweet. Yeah. Yeah. What were the bands? Um. So the first time I did it, uh, and it's also just good Instagram fodder for the show. Um. But for uh, uh, the first time I did it, I got a record by Douse, a fantastic local band. So Um, yeah. The the first uh, Dead Soft record because I just love that album. Um, and a album by a punk trio called Invasives that, uh, I mean, it might just be a punk rock thing that they, they just, they don't market themselves well, well enough, but I absolutely love them. Yeah. Yeah. And I I think they're absolutely incredible. And I just think it's a shame that not enough people know about them, but I picked up another one of their records as well. And then today I bought, um, the debut EP on vinyl by Haley Blaze, who's incredible. Yeah. Um, let's see. The other local one was by an Abbotsford band called Blessed. They're like a art art rock experimental band. They're really really cool. They're definitely worth uh, definitely worth checking out. Like they even have an audio tree like session. So crazy. Oh yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. That's rad. And then I'll the out, yeah. and then for like the non local stuff, I got. Um, Deep in the Iris by Braids, a really awesome Canadian band. Yeah. Record's really worth checking out. That's definitely my favorite of theirs. And uh, they have a new record coming out in June, which is nice. Mm-hmm. They were supposed to be playing here in June, but 
you know. <laughs> Not anymore. Yeah. Not anymore, yeah. And then uh, the, the debut record by Cigarettes After Sex, because that band is just sexy as fuck. That's Classic. such a good record. Yeah. We, um, man, I'm, I'm impressed that Audio Tree, I feel like in the last like year or two, has started to bring in like a more diverse group of bands, especially like leaning into like the art rock or noise rock, or even like a lot of metalcore bands have done. Like just the other day, I stumbled across, I didn't know they did one, The Devil Wears Prada did an audio tree session. And it's oh, no way. so good. Like it's, just, it's rad to see uh, such a big like platform support such a wide variety of, of genres. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, and it's been something I've been thinking about and pondering is that like, okay, it'd be cool to do something like that in Vancouver. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. There was that for the longest time. There was um, what there was something not it wasn't like that, but was uh, the green couch sessions. I don't know if you remember that yeah. like way back in the day. They're in um, Kelowna, weren't they? Was it Kelowna or was it in I, Vancouver? I, I my, my my memory's not what it not clicking right now. But, but yeah, yeah, they we we had tried when we first started out as a band. We were like pining to get one super hard because like said the whale and De Rouge and Jordan Colossus and like all the bands that we looked up to a lot um we're all doing them and i think they were trying to make kind of a name for themselves too and like getting like bigger and bigger artists come through and i'm i'm not 100 percent sure whatever ended up happening to it but um i think there is kind of a void for something like that in vancouver right now yeah. i know there's yeah. the, the the what at chinatown sessions yeah um there was another company that just started before covid and they were doing them for free Oh dang! Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I wish I could remember. That's right. I know Black and McDonald did it. It was like it was more aimed for heavy bands. Mm. Yeah. Sweet, mm-hmm. sweet, yeah. yeah. But there might be an opportunity, maybe. Yeah. When things. I'll try and come up with a name here for a sec. But... Oh yeah. yeah. Come up with a name. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Call us. We'll make it happen. Yeah, yeah. There we go. We'll figure it out. Well, no, there will be. Uh, I'm just. Um, I'm optimistic that local bands will be able to play shows before the end of the year. I think international touring's off the table, but man, that demand is going to be so goddamn high man, for entertainment hope so. at, at the bars that are able to support local bands that are able to come back. Like, I know Railway will because it's Donnelly Group, so. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Gonna yeah, it's going to be interesting to see who's around, you know, after it's all said and done, like who's able to keep keep things afloat. Um yeah. Yeah, the the landscape will be will be different, but I know uh especially with like DIY venues and stuff like that, there will be there things will things will bounce back because we'll be so starved for it that we'll be like fuck. Yeah. It'll just be this gold rush. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We can go outdoors with other people. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, we can still do that, but I get what you mean. Yeah, yeah. Dude, I feel like the states are gonna have shows in like a week and a half from now. It wouldn't surprise me. I like, see, it's, yeah. I think it depends on the state. Yeah, my friends <laughs> in the states are already going to restaurants and. Oh, crazy! Las really? Vegas. Las Vegas is talking about opening everything up. the The mayor wants it all open as soon as possible. But yeah, the mayor got put on yeah. blast the other day by all, like all like the the comedy news outlets, like Seth Meyers and Stephen Colbert and John Oliver. Because she was like just being so ridiculous about, but like we'll be like the, the placebo test group, and like I offer the citizens of Las Vegas as like 
Yeah. <laughs> they were like, are you saying that you're offering the citizens of Las Vegas as like a test group to see if it grows? Yeah. <laughs> she was like, no, don't put words in my mouth. And I was like, oh my gosh. Yeah. It was it was very similar to asking a cop if they get quotas, you know? No, no, we don't have quotas, but uh, we do have to arrest a certain amount of people. <laughs> yeah. God. Yikes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so last time super random change of gears but not mm -hmm. as random as you might think last time we were on the show we were talking about i think godzilla had come out but godzilla king of monsters had not come out yet you're oh my god you remember that <laughs> yes because, because i just watched it again so i went and saw godzilla king of monsters by myself because no one else i know cares about it except me well, you should have messaged me um, I should have, but like, so I went and saw it in the theaters, and it was everything a 14 year old me could have ever hoped for. It was amazing. And then I just watched I it, it again. I watched it again last night because it's on Crave, and I was like, oh shit, it's there. So, like, I put it on, and Michelle, my wife, watched it with me. And she just, like, didn't grow up and, like, doesn't care about this. She's like, this movie is so <laughs> stupid. I was like, but it's all the giant mind. Like, I still loved it. It was great. It's a bombastic two hours of ridiculousness. Oh, dude. Uh, I'm just curious if you had seen it yet, so. King of Monsters was, is the is it's the best American Godzilla movie. Yeah, and it's 100%. everything you could possibly want out of a Godzilla film. I saw it, it with is. my roommate, and we were laughing our asses off the whole time, like <laughs> yeah. out of just joy at like how like just deliberately silly it was. Yeah, it's massively outrageous, and I feel like it is. It's basically just like a bunch of giant monster fights cut together by just expositional PowerPoint dumps by any human characters <laughs> in the movie. They just had every every scene, they have some like masterfully crafted PowerPoint video presentation about what's happening next, and they just like dump exposition on you so that you understand why these next two monsters are fighting. And you're like, okay, great. And then you watch them fight. And that's great. Fight military briefing. Fight military briefing. That's yep. 100% all the movie is. There was, a, a, speaking of just, because the dialogue is just wonderfully terrible. There was, a <laughs> there was a great line earlier on in the movie because Millie Bobby Brown from uh, Stranger Things is in it and that and her yeah. parents are divorced and they're estranged. They kind of do that Roland Emmerich like, oh, divorced parents in the middle of this chaos sort of thing, but at least they're scientists, so there's a reason for them to be there. But the, the dad character is like spewing exposition to another character during a helicopter flight and he's just like, yeah, you know, Things, you know, we, you know, after we moved from Boston, after our son died, things got really rough. I, I got into the drinking, and then we divorced. Oh, oh. <laughs> or oh. something like that. Oh, the line the was just was just so clunky and terrible, and I, I was just, I loved it. That's like that whole movie summed up. You're just like, wow, ooh, why? Let's <laughs> <laughs> just fight some more. Yeah. I, I think they missed an opportunity, though. I don't want to spoil too many of the details because I honestly think that anyone who loves this sort of nonsense... Oh, oh sorry. I, I feel that anyone who loves this sort of nonsense should honestly see this movie if they haven't. But oh, uh, I feel they missed an opportunity to have Ken Watanabe's character go, I love you, Gojira. <laughs> Yes. He never said that at any point in the movie. And he really should. It's so close. It was this close. He's so close. <laughs> Anyone who sees, who's seen the movie knows exactly what moment I'm talking about. Yeah, he should have just kissed him on his big nose, and then that would have been, <laughs> been a very nice moment. Oh, I love that you remembered that. Oh, I like I was watching it 
it was last night, and then I, I remembered, I was like, oh, we talked about it in the last Pacific Radio interview, and so I was like, I have to bring it up again, so. Well, and uh, I'm not sure if it was slated to come out this year, so it'll probably be coming out next year, but Godzilla versus King Kong is absolutely happening, and I'm like, oh, 100%. yes. <laughs> it all connects. Yes. It's all like this. It's the, the monster cinematic universe, the MCU. <laughs> That nobody asked for, but I will gladly take. I'm I mean, I'll take it. Uh, if, I, it. if I'm being honest, it's the only cinematic universe that isn't owned by Disney that's kind of worked. It's true. I, there was just like that big boom not too long ago. Like, do you remember the the dark universe they tried to get off the ground? They like they announced it before even one of the movies had come out. Yep. They had announced like the cast, like it was Johnny Depp and Javier Bardem and Angelina what? Jolie and Tom Cruise, and they were all going to be those like iconic Russell Crowe, like iconic mm-hmm. movie monsters. And then the mummy bombed, and then the whole thing died. Yep. <laughs> I guess it was terrible. Well, and then they put out an Invisible Man movie. That's, so that's completely right. unrelated to it. Because it's, yeah, because they reworked it so it's like not related at all because the mummy it's did a, so poorly. It's yeah. a sinking ship. Get out and of it. And it was doomed from the beginning because I don't know if you guys remember this, but when they released the first trailer, whoever uploaded the trailer uploaded an unfinished version of it. What? And it played in theaters. And it played what? in theaters. <laughs> and so all the like half the audio was missing and like what? some of the sound effects weren't there it's janky it is what so funny if you it search for it like, i i'm showing this you, to mark when we're done yeah. with this because this you is so funny you can't believe that it got past how many like boardrooms for approval <laughs> to get uploaded and then played in theaters but it did and i was just like this movie's like silence over the end of star wars like there's just stuff happening but honestly no, it's, it's kind of like that you're like is this real like what's going on does that happen in a star wars movie they well okay no, so there, there's a funny uh youtuber who took out the music in the throne room scene in a new hope because that whole the whole last five minutes of that movie there's no dialogue it's just like orchestral epic music where like the heroes are getting like their medals from princess leia and so this guy went in deleted the audio and just like redid all like foley and like sound effects of people walking and it's like five minutes of just like awkward (laughs) silence where you hear people like shuffling and like their coats squeaking and like it's so funny it's amazing so that that was the trailer for the mummy that's basically the trailer for the mummy oh the 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 oh the cherry on top is uh because in the trailer um there and this is like obviously in the in the proper trailer for the film but there's there's a scene where they're on a plane and it gets attacked by bats sent by the mummy because this movie's stupid. Uh, yeah. and, and, and the plane's going down, and Tom Cruise is trapped on the plane somehow because he's like, no, i got to give the last parachute to my love interest. And he lets out this, this scream that's just, it's clearly 80 yard, but it's just like, Aah! It's so weird sounding. <laughs> it's weird enough that I, I downloaded the trailer off of YouTube and then I cut that screen as a sample <laughs> and I have it uploaded on like my digital drum pad. So next time we play like a music yes. festival and we're <laughs> testing like everything, I'm going to play that screen <laughs> to like test the SPDSX. Do <laughs> it. Please. <laughs> well, even if it was like, even if you wrote like uh, a jokey, like grindcore or metalcore song, 
Just have that as like an intro. <laughs> it would work. It would 100% work. It's, it's the new Wilhelm scream. It's the Tom it is. Cruise. Oh, it, it has to be the new Wilhelm oh, scream. Oh, I hope it, it becomes adopted because, man. It needs to be. Yes. It's iconic. It's yeah. iconic sounding. It's it, so bad. It would make a select few of internet dorks very, very happy. Yeah. Myself included. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So I realized that uh, we haven't... Uh, we haven't talked about the album yet or what you guys oh, yeah. have been up to over the past oh, yeah. past year. <laughs> I, I, I guess reflecting on, uh, on, you know, uh, more normal times, uh, yeah. what were, you know, some of the highlights from, uh, from 2019? Cause you guys did quite a bit of touring. Yeah, we, we got to do quite a bit of touring. We've, started releasing new music off the record that's coming out in two weeks, which is called St. Helens. I think the last time we were with you guys, I don't know if we gave, I don't think we even said what it was called. We knew what it was no, called, but we're I like, we're going to we, play it yeah. cl- <laughs> close to the chest because we don't want to, we don't want to blow it. But St. Helens is the record. And we started releasing songs off of it in February last year. Yeah. Um, we had the one yeah, we, out when we talked to you before. Yeah, we, we released Conflicted Restricted, which I think had just come out when we talked to you last yeah, time. Yeah, that's right. Um, and then we went on a tour in Canada, uh, which is great. Um, and then we did a tour in Mexico um, shortly after that, um, which has been awesome. We've been working with uh, a management group down there called Glam Rock Agency, and they've just been super rad. And yeah. so we've done a, a several stuff and things in Mexico now, and it's, it's all been super great. Um yeah, and then over the fall, we put out a couple more videos, a couple more songs. Um, and yeah, we're just excited to get the whole record out. And we were planning tours for this year, but it's all kind of on hold right now. But, uh, you know, we'll, we'll figure it out. Yeah. Yeah, just that 2021 victory tour. That's right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then we'll put out another record. Yeah, and then we'll put out another record. Yeah, uh, exactly. So what would you say was the, uh, your favorite show that you played in Vancouver and your favorite show that you played outside of the city over the, over the past year? So two, two shows apiece. I think we only did two shows in Van last year. Oh, there you go. Is that true? Yeah. We did two Biltmore shows. One that was ours. Yeah. The one with Richard Coyne. Oh, that's right. The Richard Coyne one was a lot of fun. So yeah, we it did was. the Biltmore on Halloween night with Richard Coyne, who like the crowd he brings out, they're just ready to party because he it's just, true. he goes nuts. And like his show is amazing. So we actually did a few shows with him around then. And it was such a pleasure, but uh, yeah, yeah the, the Bill Moore show was great. Cause we came out dressed as bananas and we played part of the set dressed as bananas, which is <laughs> love it. Always a great gag. Banana I, lasted, gag. I lasted two songs and then I was yeah. like, I can't do this. Yeah, this off, but... Banana suits are never not funny. Exactly. It's always it's if you don't know what you're gonna be for Halloween, just be a banana. Everyone's like, ah, <laughs> honestly, yeah. I stand by that. Even banana if you wear a banana suit to a funeral, someone will laugh. Someone will be like, that's fine. <laughs> Good call. Yeah, I think that was that was probably my favorite Vancouver show this last year, just because the crowd there was like they were ready to party. We had a great time. Like it was awesome. It was actually the first time Taylor and I had played just as a duo. Because yeah. we typically tour as a, a three-person. Um, Evan Miller, who has his own band called Wild Romantics here in Vancouver, he usually tours with us. And I think you guys have had the Wild Romantics on, or 
We maybe we talked about this uh, last time. Not yet. Not yet. Yeah, we had we had, oh, we had we chatted about awesome. it. Um, yeah. But he was touring with Current Swell because they scooped him up for some stuff, and so he'd been touring with the, them a bunch last year. So we'd kind of trade off. They'd get him for a while, and then we'd get him for a while. And we, so we, it was their this. it was their weekend to have Evan, and so we let him. <laughs> I think so. You guys we just kind of had to. Yeah, we had joint custody with Evan, so we just had to kind of figure out. We're like, okay, is it going to be worth trying to find someone and like teach them all the parts, or should we just kind of figure it out between Taylor and I? And we did, and it, it worked out great. So yeah, it's fun. Yeah. Time. And uh, I guess outside of uh, outside of BC, Vancouver, what were uh, what would you say was a, a highlight show? I mean, I think for me, Monterey. Monterey was we pretty did rad. in Mexico. It was like. Like Zurich, I mean, first time playing in a city is always kind of like, what's gonna happen? You have no idea, especially because don't know the venues or anything. But we played this venue that was this bizarre kind of like cave complex of different. It was, it was like five or six venues in one place. Like if you um, think of an underground layer that would be in Double Seven Goldeneye and Sixty Four, <laughs> that is what this place was. Like it was it that like level it. of like stone tunnels leading to different venues. It was trippy. Like different themes. Like so like one was like this gothic like cave and another was this like kinda like Mayan cavern. Like it's just like different like yeah, it's like different architecture in each one. But in like in one venue there was like a rap show going on. In another venue there was like a metal show going on. And then somehow at our venue our show was happening right as all the other shows were ending and so then people had to go through our venue to get out of the building yeah and so then uh -huh. it ended just being like this yeah. super packed like weird shaped people. room and it was like the world's jankiest like sound system and like backline and it was just like this rough and tumble like super sweaty just like super fun show that yeah. everybody was just like bought into it was just it was wild it was a lot of fun yeah no, it was, that was such a great show. And it's a surprise, right? Like, you just don't know what to expect going into it. And then, yeah, it was just such a dream of a show. And so I think that was my fave outside of Vancouver. I don't know about you, Brian. We also got to, we got to play Festival Dete. Oh, yeah, that was Quebec, great, too. Uh, the same night that Mariah Carey played. And so then we played our set, and then we all got wine-wasted and then went and screamed at Mariah Carey for 45 minutes. <laughs> in, in the rain. In, in the, the rain. rain the yeah, she and played, still, it was raining. <laughs> and it was awesome. Yeah, that was, How, that was a good time too. What was the gap between your set and uh, Mariah Carey? Because I like to think that you guys open for Mariah Carey. I mean, that's, that's what, what we, we tell ourselves. Yeah. yeah, it was like six hours between the two. <laughs> no, wow, fuck it, you open for Mariah it Carey. Was, it was maybe two hours. hours. Wow. <laughs> I I was gonna say that uh, if you ever if you guys wind up at the same venue in in uh, in Mexico, you. Uh, if you're able to, I, you should probably get some footage of that because that venue sounds incredible. Yeah. It was sounds it was so the, it was the strangest. And what was crazy is when we were rolling up to the venue, there was just like the longest line of kids down the street waiting to get in, and then there were all these like bootleg merch stands like lining the street <laughs> with people selling what I it looked like, like bootleg knock merch off. to me. Like there was nobody official out there selling <laughs> stuff. It was like knock yeah. knock up bootleg stuff for like whatever artists were in there. 
That's sure amazing. That's really wild down there I, I like the shirts, but you know yeah. the word tourist has an O in it, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's right? two U's. Yeah. I'm here for my Jeez. cut. Yeah, right. they've like pulled, pulled our photos off of Facebook and like put them on T-shirts. <laughs> They're like horribly digitized and stuff. Yeah. Right. I must say Mexicans are like the best T-shirt printers in the world. If you ever, if you ever look at T-shirt printing, because I, I do it, um, you'll yeah, see yeah. Mexican shops. And it's insane. Like here, we do like eight, nine colors. There, they do like fifty. They just so like good. they like line a room with a pole. It's and Whoa. yeah, it's, it's crazy. Yeah. That's yeah. slick. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very cool. Rad. Mm-hmm. So next time we do merch, we should just make it down there. Yeah, honestly, if you're if you're touring Mexico, I'd find a printer there. It's probably cheaper. Probably. Get your merch printed there, that. and then yeah. you don't have to pay the tax. Yeah. Boom. Oh, yeah, because oh, you could just double. take all the shirts with you. Yeah, yeah. Double rainbow. Yeah. yeah. I used to work for a shop that would do, like, big, big band uh, tour T-shirts because it's cheaper oh, to sweet. just print it in Canada than to take it across the border. Oh, yeah, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. They know if yeah, dealing with customs is not fun. Yeah. Oh, it's ridiculous. I mean, you lie and you pray. <laughs> <laughs> you tell, or tell the truth and pray, man. It's like, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, like, we'll see. I don't know. Yeah. God. <laughs> We, we at one time, because I'm an American citizen, so if I'm driving the van, they can't legally not let me in the country. And one time, we like you're not supposed to bring all your merch across the border, but we had all of our merch with us because we were going to Canadian Music Week one year, and we were cutting down to the States. And like we told them, we were like, hey, we've got all of our merch with us, but we're not selling it in the States and everything. And you could tell the dude was like miffed about it. He was like not having it. But there was a big line of cars behind us. I was an American citizen. You could see the wheels turning in his head. He was like, I'm going to have to pull these guys over, send some of them back, but let this guy through with the van, but not the merch. And then I think he decided he just like handed us our passports. He was like, have a good day. We were like, yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Yeah, I hear a lot of border crossing horror stories. Man, the border uh, sucks. It's the worst. Many. My auntie got caught with the bag of oregano. Ooh. Oh, oh my no. god! Yeah, yeah she's oh, been no. red, red. Uh, she's uh, red flag now. What? Uh, yeah, isn't that? Yeah, like, she she can still time, travel though, right? Every time she goes through the the border, <laughs> they stop her for eight hours because what? she had a bag of oregano like ten years ago. Oh my yeah. gosh. Wow. Yeah. I had a, I think I had a mark on my record for a while too because I had there was a border guard who was convinced I was smuggling I was trying to move to Canada this is back when I was trying to immigrate and so I had my car packed up with all my stuff and I was waiting for a work visa to be processed but hadn't been processed yet and I had the kind of this like long convoluted story where I was gonna like hey I'm coming up to like stay with my girlfriend and wait for my visa and he just like wasn't having it even though it was the truth. He just was like, convinced I was like a mule or something. And so they like ripped apart my car and he gave me like a temporary visa good for like three days. He's like, you have to be out of here in three days. And like, so I think since then there's been something in my file that says like, hey, you suspected like drug somebody. And so for the longest time, every time I went through the border, they'd like pull me to the back and like sit me down and like go through the motions, be like, when's the last time you did this? Like you carrying anything you shouldn't, we're going to take apart your suitcase, yada, yada, yada. And like, I feel that. I feel that on a deep level. <laughs> for better or for worse, we don't have to deal with that nonsense right now. But That's true. I mean, uh, fair enough. That's a silver lining. Yeah. Cheap gas, no borders. There yeah. you go. That's, there's mm-hmm. a silver lining. <laughs> yeah. What else has been a perk right now? Uh, traffic. 
Traffic? Yeah, traffic's been amazing. Traffic's been great. It's socially acceptable to drink at 10 o'clock in the morning. Yeah, because you know. a lot of people are unemployed. <laughs> we're, kind of on, so. we're kind of on airport rules right now, right? Yeah, that's true. Like, it's true, man. Anything goes at an airport at any time of the day. doesn't matter. You see someone <laughs> scarfing a burger and a beer at 6 in the morning at an airport, and you're like, that tracks. And I feel like that's where we are as a society right now. We're living in a giant airport. Well, yeah, fuck. Whenever I'm in an airport and a, uh, uh, a bar's closed at, at 6 a.m., I'm like, why? Because to yeah. me, it's like it's like midnight. So I keep that shit yeah. open. I want a bar. Like, yeah. I, want, I want to go sit down. Like, what the hell? Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. So uh, one of the uh, detail that I noticed from uh, – that happened to you guys uh, this last past year. You recently signed with Fierce Panda, uh, the mm-hmm. Canadian yeah. imprint of the UK indie label that released music for the likes of Death Cab for Cutie, Coldplay, and Keen, among a bunch of other artists. Um, How did you get connected with the, the company, and what has it been like working with them? I mean, it's been, it's been really great. It was actually not long after our first chat with you guys that it all kind of ended up falling into place. We, we released the song Conflicted Restricted, um, and that's kind of what sold them on us because they, they had been – we had kind of loosely been talking to them since we released Apollo. Um, mm-hmm. like, we, like we knew them. They knew us. Um, and so they had kind of, I would assume, just been keeping a pulse on kind of what had been going on with us. And after we released Conflicted Restricted and we put out um, a video for it and we did that tour, uh, our manager, Alex, had been in touch with them um, and kind of gone back and forth. And then um, they had offered a deal and brought it to the table and we, we chatted about it and then we kind of went back and forth for a bit. And then we all ended up in a place where we were really happy with kind of their vision matched up with our vision for what we wanted to do and who we were as a band. And it just, it seemed like a, a great opportunity for a partnership to, to kind of grow what we're doing into something more. So. Yeah. Yeah. And they're great people and they, they love, they love music for the art of it. And, um, mm-hmm. and so it just kind of seemed, yeah. And that's, we're approaching it from the same direction. And so they've been awesome, awesome people to work with. And um, yeah, it's been great so far. That's great. Um, I guess a, a question that I have in relation to that, just because I know uh, what labels do nowadays is not kind of what they used to do in the traditional sense, just with how distribution and stuff like that works. I mean, what's yeah. the what um, what what does it entail, kind of being signed to signed to a label in this day and age? Like, uh, I guess for artists that are unsigned, what what would you say are some of kind of the advantages of being in that position? I think having the biggest thing, the biggest difference for me going from just having a manager and kind of doing it between Taylor, our manager, and myself for the last while is having just a bigger team of people all working towards the same goal and having the same vision for your project. Um, Yeah, like depending on like kind of what deal you have or what what label you're with, like uh, you might have, you know, they'll have deeper pockets and be able to pay for things that you didn't maybe have funding for before, but they have whole, they have a team of people who work on grants for us. Um, we work really closely with Laura who does a lot of like our social media strategy and like our marketing strategy. And she has really, really helped us kind of grow our brand and like our online presence. Like that's kind of a a big thing for them and wanting to have more people hear about us, which has been super great. And so working with them on kind of just growing our identity online and, um, yeah, they've having just a bigger team of people working towards the same goal has been super helpful. 
And they also like fill in a lot of the gaps of our knowledge as well. Like I like mm-hmm. I used to do a lot of the grant writing and stuff, and a lot of like this like more like backend stuff with Alex. And um, not having to to do all that is has been uh, such a gift because like I can just focus on writing and focus on the music side of it. Like focus on the live show and like and um, other parts of um, of making music as opposed to a lot of uh, other details as well. Um, yeah. And, and it's just, they, they're just better at that stuff. That That's true. <laughs> thing, a lot side of things than we were in. So um, they have so many ideas and yeah, it's just, it's, it's great to not be um, coming at it alone. Yeah. We've been just like super pumped to be in uh, a partnership with them because they've been super great. Um, every time mm-hmm. we're over on the island, we stop by and say, Hey, and we have drinks and like, it's, it's great. So yeah. That's awesome, and it's uh, yeah, it's kind of like uh, as opposed to, I guess the disadvantage of do it yourself is it's do everything yourself. Yeah. So you don't have to do everything yourself. It's exhausting. Exactly. We, we did it for we did it for what five four years five years four or five and, years and, yeah and that with Alex it's not not by ourselves Alex has always been amazing um, as our manager and he's been with us since day one. Um, but yeah, like just having that support come in, it's just, it's, it's like it, like, and it kind of reinvigorates a lot of things too. It's like, totally. Yeah. And it's even cool to see, cause our manager, Alex, who's been with us almost since we started, his company is also growing. Like he's got a team of people working for him now. Yeah. Um, and so just seeing kind of our, our little team that started in these little humble beginnings grow into kind of what it is now has been just super rewarding in itself. So, yeah. That's, uh, yeah, no, that's awesome. Um, one thing that you mentioned kind of earlier on, and I, I think I'd even noticed this with some of the, some of the photos now, is it just you guys playing as a duo or there's some other folks in your live band? Yeah. So we, we played a few shows at the end of last year, just Taylor and myself, um, because on paper, Taylor and I are tourist company like that is yeah um, the only members in the band yeah the only members in the band are taylor and i um but we have always really liked the option and like the look of having three people on stage um a lot of my favorite bands growing up were like the power trio you know rock bands and everything and just like something about like the, the trio group uh just is like really aesthetically and sonically pleasing to both of us and so mm-hmm. um yeah our, our good buddy evan um steps in and plays with us in in our live set which is really awesome so mm-hmm. sorry about the oh they're not hearing it oh they're not hearing it. okay no, that's it's all good. Good. Yeah. yeah no i've just got like uh yeah go figure people are uh, uh <laughs> since we're on facebook i've got people uh people messaging me so that we got the ping on our on our end classic yeah of course popular james <laughs> no one talks to me throughout the day <laughs> yeah i got a piece or i was holding it oh, just, i can't hold it no yeah, more. Yeah, no worries. Ahead, you do your thing yeah <laughs> that, that's urgent you need anything <laughs> another beer would be good but yeah um so yeah so evan evan plays with us we went through um yeah, after we went from, because we were originally a four-piece, um, and then in 2016, um, two of our members stepped away, um, uh, but that year we we figured out kind of how to tool our live set to be more oriented towards a three-piece and kind of like 
just clean it up a little bit and we haven't really gone back since and we yeah and we just yeah it's a little simpler sonically it cuts a lot better it looks a little nicer like so yeah Josue came with us to mexico which is yeah so yeah and so which was actually that was a that was awesome yeah yeah he speaks spanish and so that that very helpful and he he grew up um (laughs) Uh, in Mexico and so it was cool for him he got to see some of his extended family while we were down there and they got to come to to some of the shows and like it just it was it was a, a rad a rad time yeah yeah I've always I maintained this to this day uh, if you have if you're able to make a power trio work it's the best way to be because it's the most economical way to run a band. <laughs> A hundred percent. Like we, we did our whole spring tour in a minivan, um, because there were only four of us. There was, uh, myself, Taylor and Evan. And then we were touring with a tour manager and front of house guy, James. Mm -hmm. Uh, and so the four of us all fit in the minivan with all of our gear because there's only three of us. We don't have that much gear. Uh, and it was great. So yeah. Minivan touring is the best. (laughs) Saving that gas money. Yeah. I know, uh, I know. Foo Fighters were planning on doing some sort of fun little van tour thing. Of course, that got kiboshed, but yeah, they always end up doing cool stuff like that. Like oh, they were yeah. doing the van tour this year, and then remember when Wasting Light came out because they made that record in Dave's garage. Uh, they did a whole tour. You could like enter to win the Foo Fighters come and play in your garage. What? And so they would just come set up in your garage and play in your garage, and you could invite all your friends and family. And they made a little documentary about it of, like, the five different garages they went and played. And it's, like, literally just, like, someone's garage. They would just, just like, clear everything out, and they would show up and play, and it was awesome. The, the neighbors get, get mad and then come over and then realize it's the Foo Fighters. I can't be yeah, mad Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, well, we can't get mad at that. It's the Foo Fighters. Yeah. But Karen, Karen won't stand for it anyways. No, no Karen would ever stand for the Foo Fighters. <laughs> I, I, I remember, as an, as a, a Karen aside, I was, uh, I was at family dinner and my, my mom's best friend of her entire life is a woman named Karen, named Karen. It was a, it was a lovely woman. I've met her, of yeah, course, yeah, yeah. and you know, she's super nice. But like when me and my sister were making a joke about Karen's, <laughs> this 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 look this look of like like somewhat like just like shame like came over my mom's face and I felt kind of bad. It's like no mom we're not talking about the Karen you know we're it's talking about Karens. Karens. <laughs> Have you heard that uh, one joke? It's like um, Karen is to white women what the N word is to black people. Yeah. And, then, and then it's like only a Karen would think something like exactly. that. Exactly. It's like uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> it's <laughs> that's just that's just cringe. Oh dear. Okay. It's like John Mulaney talks about one of his stand-ups when you're comparing two like bad words. He yeah, was that's like, the one. That's which, the one. Yeah, yeah. He's like, okay, first of all, no. Whatever word you're not willing to say, that's the worst word. You're, you're willing to say Karen, you're not going to say the N-word, so that's the worst word. So. Not to go too far down a, a rabbit hole when it comes to that. but Or a Karen hole. Or a Karen hole, a K-hole. But that's a, that's a whole other conversation. Oh, okay. uh, but uh, it, even then, with like, you know, uh, in Canada, U.S., the C-word, is oh oh that's 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 off limits that's like you can't 
Can't say that at all. Go down to Australia and they call the call each other that all the goddamn time. Yeah. How's you guys, a random crazy. a random side note. Um, guess what just showed up at our front door? Oh no way! The Saint Helens Karen? vinyl. Michelle's oh. carrying in like five or six boxes of it right what? now. Oh hell yeah! Oh, what shit. a big moment! It's a it's a shame we're not videotaping this because this would be like great footage for like a live yeah. stream or whatever. But caught here, screen live. On yeah. Oh Pacific wow. Radio. Yeah. <laughs> live on the show. No, but that's that. Oh, that's awesome. Oh, hey, we'll he's got the box. We'll take yeah, we'll take a picture. Well, this here oh, is yeah. the <laughs> the vinyl. I gotta get a knife. We gotta open one of these suckers up. Yeah. Oh, get a north. Good north. North. Your big it, C it word. Your big C word. C word. He's American. He's always got a knife on him. That's yeah. true. That doesn't play into it. It's just this is a. Uh, <laughs> It's a big moment for us. I was yeah, crossing I, the border I, with my roommate once, and he had like his safety knife, which he can also use to like break the window. And we like, and he had it like in in like the uh, where like the stick shift is. We got through the border, but my roommate didn't tell me until we like got through the border. I'm like, dude, come on! <laughs> You're like, what the hell? Get a weapon! Right by the steering wheel. I thought you'd act cool if you didn't know. <laughs> Which way? Yeah, fair. Yeah. He had your back. He had your back. Yeah. Ooh, so many layers of packaging, which is appreciated, you know, considering. It's true. Keep the vinyl safe, please. They they do seem to have it down to a science uh, with just like the the cardboard shield that they send them in. So. Yeah. Yeah. You ready? Oh, Here comes. Yeah. Here we go. Unbox. Okay. okay. Ooh. Oh, there she is. Did they right. make any mistakes? See if we can get the lines. photo mark. Oh, the vinyl's a little blurry, hey? No. Get <laughs> <laughs> it in the focus. Oh, it's I supposed to be an eyeball. JPEG. Fuck. This is not working. <laughs> Come on, Kenny. Dang. It looks good. Nice. It looks really good. I'm happy, I think. I mean, that's... Shoot, guys. Gen well, hey, Kenny. cheers. I'm going to drink to this right here. Hell yeah. Dude, that was the last... Oh, yeah, my... my... Okay, here we go. What the hell? Open it. it. My, oh, my phone I, I, are we allowed to open it? Do we need permission? <laughs> Oh, like you gotta pay for it. Open one. Well, I mean, is it gatefold? Okay, I'll pay for it if we have to. No. How much more expensive gotta... is it? Is it to do gatefold? A lot. <laughs> okay. Fair. That vinyl's just expensive in general. Yeah. So, yeah it's... But there, I'm sure there's a documentary or like a story or a news article about like where all the like the presses went. All the that, you know. Yeah, all like the lathes and everything. Like, how is it? It was like the medium for so long. Like, where yeah. did all that equipment go? They just get, like, once the CDs were introduced, no, it went Laserdiscs, mm -hmm. then CDs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But once CDs like, were introduced, they just, they, just, like, they just, like, scrapped it all and, like, melted it down and sold it. Like, I don't know. Dude, I mean, maybe that's they just what, that's what the Spanish did to, like, all the Incas gold. All their statues, they just <laughs> melted down and made bricks out of it. <laughs> that's exactly, that's what happened in the United States. We just melted down all of our lathes and our, our vinyl yeah. press and... I sold out for CDs and cassette tapes. Won't be needing this anymore. I, I don't uh, know why I'm thinking of this, but I just have this image of like a man in like guys in suits of armor made entirely out of CDs, just like burning down like vinyl houses and like burning vinyl records. Like you are obsolete now. 
It was a Four hospital. CD ROM. <laughs> I've been scratched. <laughs> I am damaged. I'm doomed. <laughs> Mortally wounded. Yeah, don't touch my surface. <laughs> it's just a flesh wound. I'm gonna get some like ASMR opening <laughs> packaging. Well, we'll talk talk over it. Oh yeah. man, the back kind of looks big, hey? Oh well. And now we're gonna open the final. <laughs> Thanks, Bob Ross. Happy little. No, it looks it looks really good, Taylor. Okay. I'm pumped on I'm it. Self conscious about the type on the back. Oh. No, 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 it's great. I, let's uh, let, let's look at the insert. Ooh. Oh, uh, yeah. The lyrics. My fucking camera died right now. We filmed this shit. Yeah. Is Saint Helens oh, yeah, like a good. tourist location? So it's an actual. There's um, it's a well, it's a national park. Yeah. Nice. That's genius. There's the, genius. the Johnson Observatory. Um, you, Johnson Ridge Observatory. Is all your album names? Are you gonna just choose like locations or something? That'd be. Great. Um. Well. That I mean that we could do that as well. I mean that this record's a concept record um, that centers around like reacting to the event of the eruption, oh. and so it's kind of like like psychologically set in in 1980 when it actually happened, um, and it kind of it's the record is about responding to cataclysmic life changing events and stuff that's outside of your control. Wow, that works. Um, that works for nowadays. That's the thing. Like, we listening to the record and we got the test pressing. Because, like, I just like feeling it way too much because it just felt too real. Like hearing, mm-hmm. um, like listening to the songs because a lot of it's like it's it's less like um, narrative and more um, like thought process and like um, emotion like canvas. And so it's. Uh, like hearing like panic hearing songs about panic in the time when i'm panicking about what's happening in the world it's just it was too much paralleling at the same time um and then yeah i mean we wrote this record two years ago now three mm-hmm. years ago two and a half years ago we started on it and it's been we've it's been done for a year and a half but even it still feel, it feels more real relevant now than it did even back then premonition <laughs> yeah you guys are psychic yeah. Well, it, apparently. It, well, it, re- remember when we thought it couldn't get worse? Yeah. <laughs> the moral is it always can. Apparently. It always can get worse. Yeah. yeah if you're not shitting yeah. your pants, it's probably. You can, you can always shit your the, pants. the pants shit you. Yeah. If you can still say the word. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And it, yeah. Then it's, it can get worse still. So. Yeah, okay. Um, but it can also you can also cope with it and get better. And there's there the the record's not entirely hopeless. It's more about like processing, um, as well. And so I think it's been a good reminder for me. I think living through quarantine moment. But yeah. I actually had a specific question about the album art because uh, you know leading up to the to the record, you had released single art for each of the four songs that you had released, and all of them. We're in, you know, the colorful abstract pattern. The yeah. album cover follows a similar, uh, similar theme. How do you feel that the the cover represents the mood or tone of the songs that make up the album? Um, yeah. So Shannon Hamet did the cover art, um, and she she's awesome. Oh, she's from actors. Actor, you know yeah, from actors. Oh yeah. no shit. Um, yeah, yeah. She's and she's she's an amazing graphic designer and just a talented human in general. Um, and so we, yeah, we worked with her back and forth, kind of on the concept for it. And it, it, her kind of visual for it was, um, 
it was, I mean, it's it hard to even remember exactly now the year, but it was uh, when the forest fires were particularly bad and the sun was kind of obstructed by the smoke. And so it was this kind of like hazy, like um, view of something like being impacted by something happening um, very far away from where you are. Um, and we kind of like the tranquility of it and in in how that's like contrasting against the, the volatility of what's causing that phenomenon. It's like what we see is this, I mean, the smoke is bad, you're inhaling it, but it's like this haze, it's kind of like, kind of ominous and eerie and has like, and a, like a little bit it. beautiful, which is yeah. strange. And like the sunsets at that time were spectacular, you know, like the hues that the sky took. And so she kind of used those hues and those colors in, in creating that, that kind of image and um, paralleling kind of something that we experience in Vancouver far too regularly with, um, with the events of the record, which happened a long time ago. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, the singles leading up to it, her idea was to like highlight individual hues um, that are used in the art um, to, to lead up to the release of the record and then have the full thing combined together. Um, mm -hmm. Did yeah, you guys have I, a lot of input on that or it was just kind of gave it up to the graphic designer after you told her the concept? I mean, she, she came up with everything. I think we, we had a meeting with her in the middle. She showed us a few ideas and where mm -hmm. she was going and we we're like, this is, this is amazing. Just, and, um, just run with this one. Um, yeah. and she, yeah, she executed, um, everything. Um, she's yeah, very, so talented. It, it was, it was really rad being able to work with an artist and trust, trust them and knowing that like the final product that they were going to give us was going to work out. I like, I felt that way. Mm -hmm. Um, it's, it's, a little similar in to getting a tattoo in that you don't want to go into a tattoo artist and be like, Hey, give me this exactly. You want to yeah. work with an artist on what makes them excited and like what their vision is for maybe an idea that you have and you, there's kind of this like harmonious collaboration that happens where the, the feeling that you had of what you created melds with what they created. And I think I'm super happy with how it turned out and like the, I mean, like the emotion that it inflicts, and it just like it looks really, really rad. Yeah, yeah, she did a great job. Yeah, it looks great. Mm -hmm. So, kind of speaking to different people that you worked with uh, in the process of uh, crafting uh, the album, uh, Jordan Klassen, who listeners might remember as a past guest from late 2019, and who is obviously a talented performer in his own right. <laughs> Uh, produced your previous LP, Apollo, and helped mm -hmm. produce some of the tracks on the new record, though you mostly worked with Colin Stewart, who's worked with Black Mountain and the New Pornographers, Yukon Blonde, uh, out at his studio on Vancouver Island. Um, what input and perspective did uh, both Jordan and Colin each bring to this project? Uh, yeah, they're, they're, they they fill very different roles. Jordan's always kind of felt like our... Um, He's felt kind of like our big brother, I think, from mm -hmm. the beginning of uh, like writing and creating music, and um, just someone who's really comfortable and knows knows us and our process really well, um, and like knows can kind of get to where we're going. Um, like like we can explain things very poorly, and he he understands it, and then mm -hmm. help help like make that tangible. Um, and then like Colin, he kind of reminds me of Rick Rubin in some ways, as in he's he's like a guide. Um, he's like he um he is so good at headspace and so good at like helping you realize what you want something to be and like um because he he like he produces without like from without 
I'm tapping into the theory side because he doesn't is familiar with that and doesn't really play music himself. Um, but uh, but he he his understanding of feel and tone and um, his ability as an engineer to get literally any sound imaginable, no matter how bizarre you kind of say you want something to sound, he can get there really quickly. And, um, and so He's a very he hands-off producer, which is nice too. Like Taylor was saying, like he kind of helps you self-realize what it is you're going for and so then the times that he does choose to speak up about a part you really end up listening to him because he it's so few and far between that he has any strong opinions about what you're doing because he really wants to help you realize your vision of what you're doing mm -hmm. um i just felt like we were always on the same page with him and every idea we had even if like taylor would convey just like the tiniest of an idea and call him to be like i know exactly what you mean and he would just you know twist his magic knobs and like there would yeah. be what we were looking for so yeah yeah and yeah it's just a great and they're both just people that we love and respect and get along yeah. with really well um and so like it just is a very harmonious process like mm -hmm. very very drama free um, yeah no anxiety in it and just a comfort level that made it kind of feel like there weren't bad ideas and brought to the table um and kind of trusting that if there was one uh it would be you know you could trust that someone would say something um mm -hmm. as well and so um yeah they're both um yeah they're both great um and look yeah it was a great process working with both of them now we touched on this a little bit last time we had you on the show i understand the writing process was kind of a little bit of a different story and uh at Taylor, um, what what did that entail exactly? Because again, I know we, we touched on this on the on the previous show, but since we're talking in uh, conversation with the with the full record, which we you know physically Brennan physically has in his hands at the moment, yeah. uh, just wanted to give a get your perspective and reflect on that a little bit more. Yeah, I mean, this it was a really long writing process, ironically, with the original concept, which was um, to write the entire album in 72 hours in one sitting. And so the first draft of the record, um, we took over um, our manager, Alex's grandparents' living room. They have a beautiful grand piano, and we set up all our gear, and um, I went to Costco and got a bunch of food and a bottle of scotch, and I worked on a record for 72 hours and wrote 11 songs. Um, and that was the idea. The idea being, because the concept being about reacting to a like major dramatic event, and um, the, to capture the sense of urgency and the panic of like, oh, well, how does your mind work? Because like, how you, how do you? I mean, one, you can't sleep. It's, there's a lot of insomnia that happens with those mental states, and so like, in, I kind of wanted to feel that drop off of like, well, okay, I'm like, I'm like barely awake and barely coping. And how would that come through creatively? And what would come from that space? Um, but uh, yeah, and so we, we did it, we did the record, and we're like, hey, sweet, it's a record. Um, and then we sat on it for a little while, and then um, sent it around um, to Jordan and to Colin, and a few different people um, that we trust. And um, kind of the well, Colin was the one who spoke up, who commented and said, this is really great, um, but his spidey senses were saying that um, there are more risks that could be taken. <laughs> um, and so, and he was absolutely 100% right. Um, mm -hmm. That that record became quite sleepy and quite dreamy, um, quite ethereal, and it was beautiful, but it, it was quite subdued and under understated. Um, 
which um, which had has their place it just um, with the subject matter and with what we were trying to say and what we were trying to convey it just wasn't it, there was a bit of a disconnect mm -hmm. um, and so that was the thing that was we hadn't quite we were not sure where we were going to record it um, but that was the feedback Colin gave and really just like clicked and we're like oh my goodness we 100% just have to do this record with Colin yeah um, because his words his insight back into it were just so apt and, and perfect mm -hmm. Um, yeah, and then went back to the drawing board. Two songs from one song from that made it to the record. Um, Cold Water was written mm -hmm. in that session, um, second last track on the record. And then the song we put out a couple years ago called Spokane, the single, um, was the was the first track from that that collection of songs as well. It's funny because I uh, like Spokane, Washington. Yeah, because yeah. King of the Hill. And the song <laughs> the song actually ended up working out as kind of a no, precursor to the record because yeah. it. It tackles the issue of viewing tragedy from a safe distance, which it it kind of uses the image of Spokane, Washington, viewing the events of St. Helens from kind of a safe distance away. And in the same way that we view tragedy, like mass shootings or earthquakes and everything through the lens of Facebook or social media or the Internet and kind or of pandemics. Being, yeah, like yeah, or pandemics yeah, right? and being like the safe, almost safe distance away from them and humanity kind of losing their their sense of empathy when it comes to really horrible things because you're kind of you can see really awful things without having to participate in them anymore and so it just it's so it ended up working out as kind of a nice precursor to what the record ended up being um that is that is a new concept too yeah and that's yeah. it's 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 really shaped our society in kind of a strange way so <laughs> yeah but what's funny is i I, while Taylor was writing and standing up for 72 hours, I was there periodically setting up GoPros and using my DSLR to capture some footage, hopefully of him losing his mind over a period of 72, 72 hours without sleeping and just drinking scotch and eating Oreos. And I was like, at the end of it, I was like, all right, hour 60, he's going to be peeing in mason jars and like <laughs> smearing his shit on the walls or something weird. And it's going to be great. And we're going to win a Grammy and it's going to be awesome. Uh, but he got to the 72-hour mark, and he was exactly the same as when he went in. <laughs> it was just, I was like, great. Like, <laughs> sleep deprived doesn't look any different on him. So. Well, clearly it's got to be a week next time. Yeah. Apparently, yeah. you got a week, but you can't sleep once. Yeah. I do want to try it again. It was fun. Was this you can't go to the bathroom. You can't eat. You can't you go, drink gosh. water. You're just like, there's going to be like a sense of urgency to everything you're doing. <laughs> did Did you do this before or after you had your uh, your child? Um, well before. Okay. Yeah. Shit. So it was yeah. a little bit well of before. training for. Yeah, a little training yeah. for sleepless nights. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, dude, I could do two weeks. It I don't even sleep. I don't know. It, yeah. it wasn't enough. It wasn't enough yeah. training. Yeah. <laughs> but... <laughs> oh no. Yeah. Um, yeah. Of the of the of the bunch, what track was the most challenging to complete? Who? I kind of feel like the first track. Yeah, Vancouver, Vancouver. Yeah, the this the first it. track on the record was the one that we had. We I feel like we kept coming back to the drawing board when we were demoing it out. And then also when we were in the studio, like it, it eventually, and it's now one of my favorite songs on the record, but like it, it felt like the most, um, what's the word I'm looking for? 
it felt like the most complicated to get together. Like it felt like we were kind of walking uphill the entire time trying to get it finished and trying to like Taylor and I, I felt like for a long time weren't like locked in to like what our vision of what the song was going to be or supposed yeah. to be. Um, and so I feel like that of all the songs took the longest. And then when it mm-hmm. finally clicked in, it was, it was good. It's also the most, yeah, the first two songs are far more complicated than the rest of the record. Yeah. Just in general. Um, that, because they are kind of that, that first panic, um, that first, like, holy, did, did I just like, yeah, is that, is, is this reality actually happening? Is this real? And it's like that, like first reaction, mm-hmm. um, mentally. And so, and so it's, it's, they're, they're frenetic. They're, they're uh, supposed to be a little like stress inducing kind of yeah. off the wall change a lot make you feel not quite right kind of songs so <laughs> yeah and so i think and vancouver vancouver the first one of that is yeah there's there's a lot there's a lot to it and so i i think that that would be mine too i was gonna say that but mm-hmm. yeah but we, i think we got there i like we it got there yeah we got there yeah there was another song i don't remember which one it was but oh uh, rapid one erosion great, rapid, rapid erosion, erosion that, that was that it. one was we're, we're tough Took me a long time. I kept having to. <laughs> Colin has every game system you can think of all routed through one TV in his every studio. Every 90s and early 2000s game system. Yeah, so he's got like a PS One, a PS Two, uh, Nintendo, Super Nintendo, a 64, a uh, GameCube, and they're all like in this like big intricate shelving system, all routed into a TV, so you can just like take a video game break if you need to. <laughs> and so I was trying to track drums for rapid erosion and I was having a really tough go at it. So I kept every couple of takes, I'd be like, I need to play Mario. And so I would like stop <laughs> and like throw off my headphones. I would go play Mario three for a while. And then I would come back and keep trying. <laughs> <laughs> but it got locked in. They got, yeah. It ended up being really good. Yeah. Long. Yeah. Long, long, in, long, a long song with many layers. Again, it's, it's a yeah. lot of drug, a lot of finesse to get them to land in the right spot. That's a song actually that a lot of Jordan Clausen's flair came through on. That's um, one that we mostly we tracked a lot with him. Yeah, he a lot of his kind of like odd, off the wall ideas, which I feel like he's always been really good at pulling out of us. Really shine through on that song, which is really great. So. Yeah, lots of weird textures. Yeah. What would you say distinguishes Saint Helens from, you know, everything else that you've released so far? I think it goes further to me. I think mm-hmm. it's a like Apollo. I think we learned a lot making our last full length Apollo. Um, but there was a lot about how, yeah, a lot about how we wanted to create that we hadn't really figured out yet. And I think we were always figuring that out. But I think this record just took it another step into what we actually want to say and how we want to create music. And mm-hmm. um, sonically, it goes a bit further. It's just like. I think the, the the moments that are like that are quiet and delicate and that are supposed to be beautiful stand out more because the moments that aren't um, are go further are a bit more sonically chaotic a bit more they just they the ideas are more committed uh-huh. in a way um, and so and I think there's just the learning curve of producing and, and writing and arranging and, um, and still figuring that out but uh, I think this one just goes further to me. Yeah, with Apollo, I feel like we were kind of, we were playing pinkies with a lot of new ideas that we didn't fully commit to yet. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and it made it for a really interesting record. And I think with over the the couple years in between the two records, I think we really settled into our identity of like what we wanted it to be. So um, I think it's just it's a better representation of like our combined interests and what we want to play. So yeah, yeah. So you feel almost in a sense that you've moved to. Not a perfect realization of the band, but like to this point, the most full realization of what Tourist Company is about. Yeah, I could say. Yeah, I'd say so. And I like. I hope every record does that. I don't think Mm -hmm. it's ever like static. I don't think there's ever like a. I'd have some friends who write, and it's like you know this record's good. This is this is the record that's going to be the best one. And I'm like, I don't. I hope not. Yeah. <laughs> I, hope I, I hope I still have good ideas and better ones than I had before, and I hope I'm still learning from mistakes that I make and experimenting, because like experimenting is where the awesome parts come from, and so I just I don't want to stop doing that. And so I, yeah. yeah, hopefully there's more. <laughs> I often feel that artists that have the most long- longevity are those that are willing to experiment. Yeah, I think so. I agree with that. It's it's. I can't really know the headspace of an artist who maybe puts out a record and then explodes and then everybody associates them with that record and the challenge it must be to want to make something new knowing that everybody wants you to make just like that first record volume two essentially. Yeah. Then, um, then people are going to be like, oh, just like you get the opposite hate. Where exactly. Like, like, so, you just, just like you can't win. Like, you can't win in that situation. That about Purity Ring. They're like, this album sounds like the last album. <laughs> it's like, yeah. <laughs> it's the same artist. Well, yeah, <laughs> yeah, like, then, like what else you want it to be? Yeah. Robo but then they're like, too, that, you know? like, Talk Talk. <laughs> but that's where, like, bands like Talk Talk in the 80s, like, that record. Oh, man, is it from Eden? But wow. it's is like. Is that the one with the tree on it? Yeah, yeah, it's one of my favorite records, and because they were like breakthrough pop band, and then took a year to make this improvisational masterpiece of no song, like no, like no songwriting, no traditional songwriting, no choruses, nothing, and just this like space. They just got all their favorite players to come in and just play, mm-hmm. and then stitch together this beautiful record and. They did that, and their label dropped them. And, <laughs> uh, and, but they did the, the record did well, and they still had a long career. But they they committed to doing what they wanted to do. But, yeah. But I mean, that's not 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 everyone wants to do that. But mm-hmm. I respect that they could. And I don't think that there's anything like that for us. Like I feel like we kind of do a balance of what we want to do. But yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. But it can be done. People do it. <laughs> Gotta let that sound evolve. You know. Like, that's right i always think of attack and oh. attack in black uh did you guys ever listen to that band they were a, a canadian punk rock band uh, and they kind of turned folk and the label oh, didn't, didn't want that so they put out one album called marriage and it was the last on a label and then they put out another one that they recorded in their house and just paid someone to mix did they call it divorce no, it was. Called, oh, see, they should have. Yeah. That would have been. Oh, yeah. That would have been smart. Yeah, and <laughs> yeah. now and now the lead singer is a country singer. That's not like no. Way. I mean, whatever, whatever evolves, makes you happy. Right? And, like yeah. whatever music. It's funny. There's a couple of bands that I feel like that turn from metal to folk. Like that I feel like that's thing. somehow like a really natural progression for bands like, to do. Like Opeth or something. Opeth kind yeah, of like, like 1970s rock, you know. Yeah. Oh yeah. Or that uh, that band trampled by turtles 
they play like super crazy like speed folk but they were like all like metal heads and like grew up playing in metal bands and then just took like their crazy metal chops and just applied it to folk and they just yeah. play like this like ripping folk music <laughs> I, I, yeah, I, yeah. I think I saw that band at uh, some festival that's sweet See, that's awesome I have encountered the opposite though where um, uh, there's a uh, country artist named Sturgill Simpson now he's not yeah. you know he's not top 40 country but he's definitely country he put out a record last year, which is like one of my favorite records of 2019, Sound uh-huh. and Fury, which is this synth-heavy, like hard, like hard boogie rock, like ZZ Top style album. <laughs> and he made like had the commission like a, a anime special on Netflix to accompany the the record. Crazy. Yeah, and it's it's like it's wildly different from any of his previous previous works That's to wild, just a actually. dramatic degree it's just like wait where'd this come from <laughs> he's like and now for something completely different mm-hmm. yeah i love that though there's so much range there you know mm-hmm. like i love that yeah different creative itch to scratch yeah oh because the melodies like on quite a few of the songs i'm like oh i can see how this would work as a traditional country song but yeah it's like the, the song is the dressing like so much in the arrangement changes your perception of what the song is right it's like you hear yeah the melody can be lent to so many different directions and in spaces but that's that's sweet I've got, I, gotta, I gotta check that record out yeah yeah i'd say give the the record a listen and then if you're looking for an excuse to to re-listen to it in a new format check out the anime special Sweet. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Oh, the anime <laughs> special sweet. It's it's a lot of fun. Sweet. Yeah, cool. Yeah, I never thought of that. With um I mean with the release date of St. Helens coming up in the next few weeks at this time of recording and very close to the literal date 40 years yeah. from the day of the yeah. actual eruption of Mount St. Helens. Yeah. What do you guys have planned uh, to mo- promote the release of the record? With obviously live shows not on, you know, not being an option at the moment. Mm-hmm. We're gonna do. We're definitely gonna jump on the live stream train. We're actually gonna do kind of a series of live streams, um, which we'll be announcing soon. Um, but we'll. It'll give people who want to listen to the record with us a chance to like listen live with us. Um, we'll maybe even play through some of the songs, answer questions. Um, yeah, we're going to definitely jump on that train and have a couple of opportunities for people to kind of interact with the record and us and, and chat about it uh, in a live situation on the internet, which would be super cool. Um, we have a new video for one of the songs that we've been keeping in our pocket that we're going to release um, when the record comes out, so we're pretty excited about that. Yeah. Um, yeah. We're going to have our vinyls up on our store, ready for pre-order and ready to go, so people can get the uh, the old hard copy. The real thing. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Yeah, we're we're excited. It's gonna. It's obviously it's it's a little different, but we're we're ready for the challenge, and we're we're excited for people to hear this record because I feel like we've uh, we've been sitting on it for a little bit, and we've been playing a good chunk of it live for the better part of last year, and um, yeah, we're just excited for people to hear the whole thing. So yeah, I don't think we would have believed you lot like when we finished it that we'd be putting it out close to the 40th anniversary i know that's wild <laughs> that's pretty crazy. during a pandemic what, yeah. I mean, pandemic. was the was the whole 40th anniversary thing planned or did it just kind of work out that way i'd like to say Honestly, that it was 
it but it kind of fell apart on us. We were going to, we were planning to put it out earlier and then like yeah. stuff started going sideways and we we're like, I don't know. Like, let's just, let's just wait. It kind of just kept getting see. pushed back, pushed back, pushed back. And then it just, it ended up working out. We're like 40 and years. Like, here we go. 40 years. <laughs> like, let's just go with that. I like the symbolism. I, I like that. I like moments like that where there's something of a, yeah, I don't know. A crossover. It yeah, exactly. Be. It was yeah, meant to be. Go. Yeah, we'll take it. Exactly. Yeah. Well, that's awesome, guys, and uh, yeah, well, I, I realize we've been at this for for almost an, an hour and a half, uh, which has been which has been awesome. I, I just feel bad for my producer here because he's gonna I have to add this shit. In, in number of white claws. White claw. <laughs> this time of day, so I just like. I still haven't had a white claw. I like. You I mean, I what the hell do they taste like? What do they taste like? It's like you're like? drinking flavored seltzer water that gets you drunk. It's great. <laughs> yeah. Just ch- I would be chugging I, those. Waking up at the middle yeah. of the night, just chug one. Go my, back to bed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My only my only context with White Claw is that uh, I can't remember the name of the comedian, but he just does these great like you know guy who does this characteristics and it's just like the guy who drinks white claw once and just like is an obnoxious douche the rest of the video yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> i can't remember the name of the comedian but like that's my it's, only uh, exposure it's to trevor it. trevor wallace yes right that guy's like hilarious the, the zoomies employee guy right yeah yes. yeah, yeah, yeah he actually entrepreneur he was, yeah he did a, a live set in vancouver back in february and i ended up missing it like i meant oh. to go to it he was at like yuck yucks or something and i was like oh shoot like i gotta go see but i just ended up missing it but yeah he's so funny oh just like i think it was like uh frat boy home for the summer yeah yeah yeah. like he's just yeah, like oh uh, the man is uh he's he's just he knows how to be a douchebag in terms yeah. of like the characters that he creates, it just he really gets it well. perfect. He did one yeah. recent. Yeah, I didn't anticipate this would become a promotion for for Trevor Wallace, but he did one recently, yeah. <laughs> which was uh, which was uh, mom going through college age son's uh, bedroom. It's like, is this weed? Is this a vape? I know my son's on the weed. Yeah, I gotta look that up. That's it's so good. You just like wearing a towel over his head. <laughs> The drinking. The drinking. <laughs> this table, this, why does this table elevate? It's so he can sm- snort cocaine at like, <laughs> I height. I just know it. <laughs> you should go headline a tour with him. I think that Wait, would. Uh... Honestly, I wouldn't hate that. I would be into it. <laughs> yeah. Fans our, do our that. People called Trevor Wallace's people. <laughs> there right. you go. Right. Future he's just shooting shit at again. home. Seriously, that's all he's doing right now. Yeah, yeah. Um, So, been asking this of uh, you know pretty much everyone, every guest that we've had on the show in the new quarantine version of Pacific Sound Radio. But what do you feel is the best way that listeners uh, can support the bands and artists that they love, especially in their local scene right now? I mean, honestly, buying. Buying merch is always really, really helpful for for smaller bands um, because that is something that we usually sell at live shows, and it's a, a big part of like the the profit that goes into running kind of a small business like we do. And so, without having the opportunity to kind of sell it side stage at shows, like that's like that's a big uh, a big chunk out of livelihood. So if you're able to support bands. Um, locally by buying merch definitely do that like Bandcamp, like we talked about has been doing 
an amazing thing by every so often just like waiving the, the royalty fees that they usually take. Um, and we've we've seen some love from that, and it's we feel super supported. And so yeah. any any chance you get of buying actual physical merchandise, whether it's records or sweaters or t-shirts from local bands, like that's always I think a huge help. Yeah. Also, just keep listening to music that you yeah. love, and because yeah, that's that supports us too. Like just knowing that people are listening and still like diving into art, like that's that's great, and that's something that that helps to keep going too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What local bands or artists would you recommend we bring on the show for a future episode? Because thankfully, we are in this period where, at the very least, people are able to put out stuff. Here you mm-hmm. go. Enjoy it. You got time. Yeah. Uh, who did we say last time? I don't want to. We, def- we talked about Evan and Alicia from the yeah. Wild Romantics last time because they're yeah. great. And we'll plug them again because they're amazing. Yeah, uh, yeah. Evan plays guitar with us, and he's been touring with Current Swell. Um, but his project with his girlfriend, Alicia, um, called Wild Romantics is super great. Um, another band that we've become real good buds with is called Blonde Diamond. Um, they're they're yeah, super rad. Yeah. I don't know if you've had them on the show or not. But we have. Well, we'll yeah, have them on again. Yeah, they're have them on again because they're amazing they're great. band. Yeah, yeah they're great so people, rad. Great musicians and writers. Mm-hmm. Um, who? Yeah, I mean, Harley Small. Harley Small is great. I love Harley. Yeah. Harley's the best. So Har- I don't know. We probably talked about this last time, but Harley actually helped engineer Apollo when we did it at the Space Studios. Like he was, he was working one of Dan. the engineers working at the studio with Dan Klenner, and they both they co-engineered basically the record, which is super awesome. Yeah. Yeah. That. Uh, his, his. Oh, keep going. Oh, his, his music is great though. He's a great songwriter in his own yeah. right, and yeah, awesome musician. And yeah, his songs are great. Yeah, I'm I'm hoping he puts out another record soon. I know he's put out a couple songs here and there, but I'm like I'm looking yeah. looking for that follow up follow up yeah. album. Yeah, yeah, same. Yeah, and like oh yeah, Alexandria Mayo. I mean Yeah, too. she's rad. Um yeah. Yeah, I've I, I've wanted to have her on the on the show. I think she lives on the island which used to pose a challenge, but I yeah. think it's gonna pose less of a challenge now. <laughs> So. Yeah, yeah, she's she's awesome. I had the opportunity to, to play some live shows with her when she was in a pinch um, last spring, and she's great. Like her songs and her music oh, is yeah. amazing, um, yeah. and she's a joy. So yeah, definitely chat with her. Yeah, yeah. Uh, she's a, like just a songwriter, songwriter too. Like she's been yeah. writing for so long, and yeah, that oh, it's just such a great writer. For sure. Yeah, I think this will be a good opportunity for me to take a peek into what's going on with the with the island scene because there's been tons of uh, Vancouver Island based bands that I've loved. I've wanted to have on the show, but with the, Mm -hmm. just with the time slot that we had on, on save on radio with it being like a Sunday late afternoon, it just didn't work out, but this new format (laughs) doesn't, doesn't matter now. (laughs) Yeah. Lady Kramer. If you have a Kramer. Ooh, no. Lady Kramer. (laughs) Yeah. You're lady yeah, he's a, he's a, a great artist in based out of Victoria. Uh, he yeah. actually he he popped by the studio for a day or two when we were out there working with Colin and had some really great ideas. Uh, but he's he's amazing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Sweet. Well, yeah, I'll definitely too many, uh, too many to list. There's yeah. too many. Oh, there's yeah. great. Yeah, there's it's a awesome. lot of lot of great bands on the on the. Island, we can be here for, for sure. another couple hours and name new bands. Yeah, there so. you go. Yeah. We could just do a whole podcast talking about how awesome yeah. Godzilla King of Monsters is. 
<laughs> I, think, I think Brennan already does. You do that? No, you should do that if you don't already. Yeah, really. <laughs> oh, you could just do a whole podcast just reviewing each of the Godzilla movies. It's like 30 episodes. <laughs> Godzilla know, I'm gonna, cast. I'll start. Minus, I got to do something. I got to create content right now. Yeah. <laughs> Would you call it Godzilla cast or Gojira cast? I would probably come up with some stupid, like, deep-cut name that no one would get. Destroy all podcasts. Something like that. I don't know. It's okay. You got time, man. Yeah. I got time. Got time. I got time to figure it out. Man. We'll, we'll come up. It'll, 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 it'll get We there. all got time. <laughs> yeah. got too much yeah. time. Yeah. Well, thank you again, guys. I'm uh, very happy to have you guys back on the show. Um, how can listeners check out your music and keep up with everything you're up to? Definitely anywhere you consume music, Apple Music, Spotify, Amazon Music, Google Play. Um, we're all over the place. You can actually pre-save and pre-add uh, the new record now. Uh, it's up there, so you can actually save it. So when it comes out, it's already going to be on whatever device that you have. Um, we'll be releasing the forms for pre-orders pretty soon for these bad boys, so keep an eye out for that. Um, these bad boys being the vinyl for people. The vinyl, yeah. The, the vinyl, yeah. the thing that <laughs> the thing not, that Brennan's been holding up throughout hit. this entire podcast. This is the vinyl, yeah. Uh, the eight track. That's right. Oh, man, be... Yeah, and then like Instagram or Facebook or Twitter. I think we're gonna fire up a TikTok. We're gonna fire up a TikTok. We're gonna be those people. Yeah. Um, but yeah, social media. I'm yeah, I'm a social introvert, but I'll I'll do my best. Yeah. Well, excellent. Well, again. Thanks again, guys. Uh, look, really looking forward to uh, hearing the new record when it comes out and seeing you guys live when we can do that again. Whenever that happens. Yeah, yeah. thanks yeah. so much for having us. Hey, yeah, thanks. I mean, thanks like last time, we had, I had a blast. Like, it's great time with you guys, so. Yeah, thanks so much. So, yeah, always a good time. Hell yeah. Thanks again, guys. You have yourself a great night. Yeah, he's Take it talking. easy. Yeah, stay Later, safe. gentlemen. Bye now. Bye. Yeah. Thanks for listening. I'm your host, James Olson. Pacific Sound Radio is produced by Mark Lingelbach. You can check us out on Facebook at Pacific Sound Radio, Instagram at Pacific Sound Radio, Twitter at Pacific S Radio, YouTube at Pacific Sound Media. Our website is www.pacificsoundradio.com, and you can also check out this show wherever you stream your podcasts. If you know a local band or artist that you think should appear as guests on our show, let us know. Fill out the form on our website or send us an email to talkpsr at gmail.com.